Welcome to Access Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, SoftBank pays Adam Newman to go away and how one Virginia town is getting drugs via drone. But first, 30 days of impeachment. So it's now been exactly one month four Tuesdays ago, that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced an impeachment inquiry into President Trump. And the big story so far is speed. Remember, the call between Trump and Ukraine's president took place just this past August, less than two months ago. And we've already had tons of witnesses, document requests, and widespread expectations that the House will wrap up and kick things over to the Senate by Thanksgiving. Now, compare that to the Nixon impeachment, where it took 18 months between the Watergate break-in and the House authorization of an impeachment inquiry. And then Nixon resigned six months later before the House had even voted to impeach. Or look at the Clinton situation, where nine months passed between the first media report of an affair with Monica Lewinsky and the House inquiry launch, with another 10 weeks until impeachment itself. The bottom line here is that the White House and Republican complaints about process aren't slowing down, well, slowing down the process, and a Senate trial could come well before Christmas. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios political reporter Elena Treen. But first, this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Axios political reporter Elena Treen. Let's start here, just state of play. We're 30 days in, but what happens this week and kind of what's the most important thing that happens this week? This week, there are three depositions behind closed doors. I'd say one of the most important things we'll see this week is today, actually, the Bill Taylor, the person who replaced the former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, is going to be testifying behind closed doors to the House Intelligence Committee Oversight and Foreign Affairs Committee. He is expecting to have a very damaging testimony to the president. He was someone who was revealed to have a lot of concerns with potential for investigating. The well, he was the, he president. was the guy, the famous kind of text exchange with Sondland, the EU, the ambassador of the EU, the you know the call me. Right. He's the one who was supposed to call. Right, and he was someone who it, it was very clear that he had concerns. He wrote that there was this nightmare scenario he referred to, I and mean, several other Trump officials who have come forward and testified about this for the impeachment inquiry referred to that. This idea that the president might withhold aid to President Zelensky of Ukraine in order, you know, to have some sort of agreement that he would investigate his political opponent, Joe Biden. But then also there was a lot of concerns like, what if he never falls through on this? What if this is helping Russia? He's someone who really was thinking about all of the repercussions of this, while some others were like, no, don't overplay it. He was someone who was very concerned. He's still a State Department employee, correct, Bill Taylor? Yes. So is he then testifying in contradiction of what the state, in other words, the State Department told him not to, and he's showing up anyway, or has the State Department given him a green light? The White House and the Trump administration has very much encouraged anyone not to comply. They, that is their line. Encouraged we are not complying. Not to comply. Yes, we are not complying or helping the Democrats in what they see as a witch hunt against the president. But Bill Taylor is coming in, and I'm not sure, I don't believe that he was subpoenaed, but I should probably look at that. But he is coming in today, and it's definitely not in line with what the White House would want. That thing, maybe it was two weeks ago, you were, this whole thing seems to be running in dog years. I said it's gone very quickly in the intro, except it does also feel like it's gone on forever. You know, the, the White House not complying. Is that slowing down Democrats at all? Because clearly there are things Democrats want that they're not getting. So they're really going around 
the White House as best they can. They recognize that, yes, they can subpoena people left, right, and center, but the problem there is that they want this to be wrapped up as quickly and efficiently as possible. And in order to really have, you know, to enforce a subpoena, you have to go through the court system. So what they're doing is trying to bring in Trump administration officials, both former and current, who can come in and give them some of the details that perhaps people like Secretary of State Mike Pompeo or Rudy Giuliani, who are key figures in all of this, they won't be able to get them. When you talk to folks on the Hill, particularly Republicans on the Hill, I, I think there's a, a pretty general perception that, that this is a, obviously it's a Democratic-run impeachment, but Democrats want impeachment, Republicans don't want impeachment, and that this is ultimately a partisan food fight. Is there, from what you can tell, any crack on the Republican side? You know, obviously, one or two people here or there, but anything bigger than that and more substantive or not yet? I think that's still to be determined. Uh, but you think it's possible? That there could be a bigger crack in yeah. all of this? That, I mean, that's what the Democrats are hoping for. That's what all these depositions are for. They're hoping that there will be something else that comes out of this. But Democrats hope lots of things. They hope Donald Trump, you know, decides to resign tomorrow. Is it reasonable? Like, I mean, from what you hear, I mean, do you get that sense that there are people who are potentially on the fence and could legitimately be convinced if compelling evidence was arrived? You mean in Republicans? Republicans, yeah. It's very unlikely. There is a potential. We had that interview with Mitt Romney on our Axios on HBO show the other day where, you know, he would be one person that you could see. I think if one person falls, there could be a domino effect. People, Republicans, 100 percent behind closed doors are criticizing what's going on. People are pulling their hair out over what Rudy Giuliani, what they call the shadow foreign policy. They are, you know, kicking themselves when they are defending the president and saying, you know, at first one of their, I spoke with a committee source the other night and he was like, yeah, of course it's like the most frustrating experience ever. We're out there defending the president saying, no, he didn't ask for any help to investigate. And then it, the president comes out and says it himself on the White right. House South Lawn. So there could be people who fall. But as of now, Republicans are sticking to the party line and are not planning to, to play this game. Let's fast forward to the Senate. Let's assume that there will be impeachment, that at least Democrats obviously will vote to do this. And, and this gets kicked over to the Senate. Mitch McConnell has said there will be a trial. Once he says that, how much control does McConnell have compared to John Roberts, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, who technically is the one who oversees an impeachment? In other words, can McConnell just like bring it up and say, hey, let's vote and then go home? Or does there have to be a, a real trial with witnesses and all everything that entails? Those details are still being worked out. And honestly, they haven't worked them out really at all. I spoke with McConnell's team over the weekend. And yes, McConnell has said that he wants House impeachment. They want the House to vote on articles of impeachment by Thanksgiving so that any sort of Senate trial can be wrapped up by Christmas and so that it doesn't extend into a presidential election year. But that timeline is totally, that is not something that they've all agreed on. He has not spoken with Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer yet on any of this. The hope is that if and when, and everyone thinks when is the question, it's not an if, if when the House will vote to impeach the president. Chuck Schumer and McConnell, they're hoping we'll come together and get together in a room and work out some sort of definitive timeline so that it's not left up to the Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts. Because then Is that he reasonable? Gets the do power. they get along well enough they can do this on this topic? They are total arch nemesis, of course. But I do think that no one wants this to drag out. No one wants this to potentially affect the, the 2020 presidential election. And having things on their terms will benefit both sides. Final question for you. Speaking of affecting the 2020 presidential election, give me odds here. I know they're low, but what are the odds that come November 2020, a year from now, Donald Trump is not sitting president of the United States? I mean, very risky game to play. People played this in 2016, and it didn't work out well for them. So I'm, I'm hesitant not saying that he's going to gonna win. An I'm saying that he's not. When we go to, with the polls in what November, are the chances? he won't be the incumbent. 
I honestly think this whole how this impeachment stuff plays out less so more about whether he'll be removed. I don't think right now it's very clear that he probably won't be removed in the Senate, but how the messaging does affect him. If enough people, there are some cracks that are showing some GOP voters are starting to get fed up with all this craziness around the president despite supporting him. So if there's enough that comes out in this that does sway people, there could be a chance that he doesn't. But as of now, I think he still has a great chance of winning in 2020. Elena Trina, actually, is a political reporter who covers politics enough that she is good enough to avoid a direct answer to a simple question. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dan. My final two, right after this. Axios chief technology correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech, from the Valley to D.C. Subscribe to Get Smarter Faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is WeWork, where the board of directors this morning is expected to approve a multi-billion dollar rescue package from SoftBank. A few things here to know. First, SoftBank was already an investor, valuing WeWork just this past January at $47 billion. The new deal will cut that down by around 70%. Second, the board of directors doesn't really have a say. I mean, they're voting, but they don't really get to vote because former CEO Adam Newman still has so-called super voting rights, whereby each of his shares counts 10 times as much as everyone else's shares. And SoftBank is giving them around a $200 million golden parachute to pick their deal over a rival offer from JP Morgan. Third, some SoftBank employees will indeed get paid through this deal, a so-called tender offer. But most employees who are hired in the last couple of years, they get wiped out. And finally, don't be surprised to see WeWork's co-CEOs not be co-CEOs by day's end. Not because SoftBank is firing them, but because they're expected to quit. And finally this morning, people in Christiansburg, Virginia can now get their drugs via drone. Now, to be clear, I am talking about approved pharmaceuticals here. As a Google affiliate called Wing is running a pilot test, or pilot-less test, of drone delivery for Walgreens Pharmacy. It's also running similar delivery programs for FedEx and a local gift shop called Sugar Magnolia. These are the first FAA-approved commercial drone deliveries anywhere in the country and at times can drop off just minutes after an order is placed, proving, I guess, that impatience can pay. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Jesse Lee, have a great National Nut Day. And we'll be back on Thursday with another Pro Rata Podcast. <laughs>